Chapter 2 His head ached. That was the first thing. So did his back. His arms, too. Joe couldn't remember anything after hitting the wall. He didn't know if Greg and Niall had caught up with him, if they'd taken his headphones, if they'd given him a beating at the same time. He tried to open his eyes, but right now they were gummed shut as though he'd been asleep for a long time. Maybe he had. Maybe he'd been beaten up so badly that he'd been knocked unconscious, or maybe he'd been momentarily stunned by slamming up against the wall, and even now Greg and Niall were standing over him and about to begin the going over that he was sure they wanted to give him. He swallowed hard. He rubbed his eyes and they flickered open. He was afraid that he'd see them looking down at him, ready to stamp on him or kick him. But they weren't there. Not yet, anyway. He took a deep breath. No point lying here like a fool waiting for them. Better to do something. And if he wasn't flat out in the laneway, better to know if he was in hospital and how hurt he might be. The light was very bright. So bright that initially Joe thought that he was actually on an operating table, that he was being put back together after whatever had happened and that he'd woken up in the middle of it, which, he thought, was going to be very painful. But there were no voices and he couldn't make out any people around him. Plus, he realised, he wasn't on any kind of table or bed or chair. He was lying on the ground. Yet it wasn't the muddy ground of the laneway. It was a smooth, tiled surface, slightly warm to the touch. Joe blinked a few times and then pulled himself into a seated position. He was sitting on the floor of a long, covered passageway. The tiles were mosaic in vivid shades of green and white. The walls were covered in the same mosaics, but these were multicoloured and formed a variety of patterns which Joe eventually realised were depictions of bizarre animals along with unrecognisable symbols. There were tigers with wings, birds with huge serrated beaks, and creatures he couldn't even begin to identify. As he studied them, the animals seemed to shimmer and move, and the symbols pulsate. He rubbed the back of his neck, squeezed his eyes closed, then opened them again. He looked along the passageway which led from a closed arched door at one end to an open space at the other. He wasn't sure what was outside. From where he sat, it seemed to be a type of courtyard. There were more doors off the passageway and large urns filled with enormous multicoloured flowers either side of them. Where the hell am I? wondered Joe. And how did I get here? He moved his head cautiously from side to side. The ache was beginning to disappear, as was his slightly blurry vision. He stretched out his arms and legs, then got to his feet cautiously. Despite his aching body, he seemed to be in one piece. He picked up his headphones which had somehow slipped from his neck and ended up a little further along the passageway. He felt in the pocket of his trousers for his smartphone and took it out. He looked at the screen. He'd charged it before leaving the house that morning, so it still had an almost full battery. What it didn't have, though, was a signal. Not even a faint one.
Joe began to walk slowly along the passageway. His steps seemed bouncier than usual, as though his body somehow weighed less. It was a strange sensation. He looked around him, half expecting Greg and Niall to appear and demand his headphones again, but he was completely alone. It was a relief to have escaped them, he admitted to himself, but where exactly had he escaped to? He examined the intricate designs on the walls, but they gave him no clues. He was still confused and disoriented when he reached the courtyard. It was about half the size of a football pitch, partially covered by a tiled roof which was supported by slender pillars. Like the walls and the passageway floor, they were covered in mosaic tiles. This time, they were shimmering white. A rectangular pond.